Welcome to the CoLab, the only podcast for business owners who are committed to growth through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Get ready to put your heads together to boost your business to the next level with your hosts, the ultimate team players, Megan Marsh and Andre Munar. Welcome back, collaborators. Welcome back. So I'm really excited about this episode because what Andre and I tried to do was take ourselves back, like really take ourselves back where you are right now. Um, And I remember, I remember because I had worked for someone for eight years who I couldn't hire an assistant. I couldn't get help. I was doing everything. I was the technician working with customers, answering phones, messages. I couldn't do anything else in my business that I knew would grow our business. Were you at that point too? Yeah, absolutely. You get to a point where you feel like you know there's more out there, but you don't exactly know how to get to that point. And then once you hire somebody, you kind of start to see the light at the end of the Mm. tunnel. But then you get more ideas in your head and you're trying to figure out how to do X, but at the same time you need to do Y. And Z and P and F and Q, right? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So that's that's what this episode is going to be about is we are going to help you kind of regroup, right? We've talked about hiring, the the way to hire, the way to delegate the things that you've been doing. And now you have brought, hopefully, you have brought someone on your team. I would love to hear about the people you've brought on because, you know, that's an ongoing thing. But- we're going to regroup and we are going to share with you how to now create your kind of a master plan and how to focus on the areas that it are going to propel you for. Yeah. And after you have that hire, it's almost like you get a second wind of like a whole nother world because now you're not mm. doing X and Y and now you're trying to figure out all these other things. So you're catching this like I call it almost like enlightenment of like, you're so excited for your business because now you can really start to see a lot more potential. So these are some areas that we then focused on after we figured out, you know, hiring an assistant was really what we needed. Yeah. And I remember, Dre, because it was when we joined and I'll share it when we get to that point in the episode. What we're going to do, and I would highly recommend for any of you listening, is do this after you listen to the podcast or pause it for a second, grab a sheet of paper, a notebook, whatever you use, and you know, write this down so that you can start planning and implementing. Uh, it was a book that we read together. Uh, it was called The Ultimate Sales Machine. Uh, we'll put a link for that in the uh, podcast notes. And I got so excited about this book. I I told Andre, we had just become business partners. I'm like, mm. okay, you're getting this book and we are having the entire team do this. And what you're going to do is remember when we did the Busy Bee Blueprint uh, back on one of the first few episodes where you wrote down every single activity that you did and you wrote down those things you did, you delegated them, hopefully, and you also wrote down things that you're not doing that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And you... They might have some, right? But probably not near what they should have. So we're going to expand on that should have list and talk about the way to organize this should have list into these categories that the book calls, gosh, I wish I had it near me right now, but it's like your your key areas of your business. Impact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impact impact areas. areas. Or something like that. Yeah. So impact areas and 
And if anyone knows the author of The Ultimate Sales Machine, we would love to have him on this podcast. (laughs) Um, Maybe we'll reach out. But anyways, um, so take that piece of paper out and name your, you're going to list out your impact areas. So you could only have eight. You could have 12. Uh, We'll share with you what our finance business's key areas are. And then we're just going to dig into four today because it would be a three-hour episode if we dug into all of them. Yep. So those impact areas that our business follows is um, one is marketing, two is sales, and we have inside and outside sales. Three is operations. Four is human relations. That's like your employees, your team building type stuff. Five is finances. Six is your vendors. So for us in our finance business, that would be our lenders. So we sign up with lenders. So it's always like assessing the lenders. Seven is customer service. Eight is training and tech. So what's your training like for your team? Nine is community and business relationships that you work with that drive your business. And then 10 is growth and opportunity. So constantly looking for how you can grow the business in different ways. So those are our 10 areas. Yours may be a little bit different. We picked the ones to talk about that we felt that every business has. So the four areas that we're going to dig into today are of our 10, we're going to dig into marketing, prospecting, finances, and community and relationships. So Dre and I are going to share with you, and this is what you want to do is make your list of your areas after the episode. You're going to write out some examples of things you want to put into place. And then once a month, you're going to come back and revisit these areas. So you only pick one thing to start working on because it can be overwhelming if you try to do all this at once. Way overwhelming. So just pick one. Pick one, which Dre's looking at me right now because he knows (laughs) I pick 10 things at once. But um Let's dig into marketing first because every single business out there, I don't care who you are listening. I don't care if you're a solopreneur, if you have a big team, if you don't have a focus of marketing, you are going to get into deep trouble at some point. Marketing is one of those legs of your business that everyone needs to have. It doesn't matter what you sell, what you have, if it's a product, a service, we all market we, we have to get good at marketing what we do. And I, yeah. I realized that when I was by myself, I knew it was important. So once I became a business owner, I said, all right, we got to figure this marketing piece out. And what I'm going to share with you here is the first, you know, for if you're listening and you're in that same boat, you don't market, you're not doing anything to promote your business. It takes time. It is not going to be this like switch you're going to turn on. We, I went from before Dre and I were together, I hired a consultant that, you know, gave me a menu and I picked it out and paid like $500 a month for them to post once a week to do this, to do that. And when I started realizing I need more of this and I can't afford too much more, that's when I went and hired a virtual assistant, which, uh, you know, we talked about in one of the other episodes and after we hired the virtual assistant and Dre and I got together, then we hired a full-time marketing assistant Mm -hmm. that we then had to let go of. I think something to point out though, is that we both knew how important marketing was to 
to a business in general, because before you and I got together, I had a marketing person. You, you had a marketing person. When we got together, we fired our marketing person. It wasn't um, an easy journey. No, but I, I think it's it's very important to point out that we knew the importance of marketing. And so, you know, regardless of what type of business you're in, you need to figure this out. And so the person now who is our head of marketing, who is sitting here with us, actually, um, I mean, his role in the business, it has changed our business, finding the Mm -hmm. right person. And we found Eric, who is our head of marketing through the mousetrap um, that we've talked about in the previous episode. But it was so perfect because when we brought him on, all of a sudden, the visions that Andre and I had for years that we were trying to implement started happening. Mm -hmm. And our business today versus five years ago is so different. So different. Like we had business coming in from one source before. Like it was word of mouth referral, period. Yeah. And now our business is word of mouth referral, past client database from like our CRM, we bring in leads, hundreds of leads every single month. Mm-hmm. We're, in, I mean, I can't even explain to you how many areas of our business, how it's changed it. And so please, please make marketing one of your areas and then start writing down one thing to start, just one. And so I wrote down for this marketing area, the four areas that I, that was a, where we started. So number one was the website. And I knew we needed to really get a better website. Like everybody can have a website, but is it converting? It's up there to get customers. Are you getting customers because of your website? If you're not, what's the point? And another little pro tip is the first website that I created before Andre and I were partners, I went to a local place that, you know, creates websites and they made us this website for five or six thousand dollars. Oh, my gosh. I remember it was so expensive. Yeah. And it is. I mean, websites cost money to put together like that. Well, when Andre and I joined forces, rebranded our company, we needed a new website and we needed a better website. Well, guess what? They had this website on their own like server, like it was on their server, their system. So I nobody knew how to use it. So we were held hostage to this system. So I'm not saying don't use a local place to create your website, but make sure it's on something like most people know WordPress. Make sure that your website is on an application that you could hire a virtual assistant to work on or that you could hire a marketing assistant and they'll know how to change the things that you need on your website. But your website, especially nowadays, is absolutely one of the most important things And maybe we'll even have a episode where we talk about the importance of the things on your website. Second one is social media. That's actually one that Andre is a much better example of. We did build up, you know, on social media, we have pages for our business. But Andre, I mean, you have gotten employees for our business, customers reaching out because of just having a plan for social media, right? Yeah. And we had a coach who's the one who really taught me how to use social and using social intentionally. I mean, I could go on forever about social media, but, you know, making sure that you are in the public eye of social, make sure that you're posting on your personal and your business page on social, uh, just letting people know what you do and and letting people know that you're a real person as well. Um, People want to do, I know that 
nowadays when I'm about to do business with somebody, I look them up on Facebook. I want to see who they are, what they're doing, what they're about. You know, do we have something in common? And so just having a social media presence, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, you know, making sure that you're up to date with your social is, is very key because let's, I'll be honest, we're all a little stalkerish. So yeah, no, we are. And <laughs> and for those of you listening, if you can't afford to do that website, like the, what I'm, what we're talking about here is say, all right, social media, I'm going to create that business page and I'm going to use it. And just pick one, pick Facebook and start using a business page. You might not realize it. You should not be using your personal completely for your business. There's so much power in the business pages. Um, and then paid advertising, you know, we have done everything from Zillow to paying for Google ads. Um, we even had a coaching group, like you said, who taught us how we knew that it was that important and it still is that important. Um, and then kind of the last piece of the marketing arena, I would say is, and this is the easiest one I think to just do without incurring a big expense. Mm which is your local community um, and face-to-face. So start volunteering somewhere, start going to networking events, making sure people know who you are. That's a form of marketing. And I get it if you're a parent and you have kids because I have four children, just pick one organization and go and contribute and offer value so that people know who you are and you're the go-to person. But no matter what, make sure marketing is on your list and you start writing down your wish list for marketing. Yes. Make sure you are getting that marketing. And but also at the same time, you want to make sure that you're consistently prospecting. Sales, I, sales and prospecting. Oh, people love doing that. I was just gonna say my favorite topic. Uh I mean it is now, but it didn't used to be. And I want to say the little lot of people, especially business owners, they're kind of like squirrels. You're going to, you'll go out there, you'll gather a bunch of nuts <laughs> and then you've got nothing. So prospecting really needs to be at the top of your list as far as even time blocking, time blocking two hours a day, one hour a day to always be prospecting. And so people say, well, how do I prospect or what do I prospect to? Um, and in our case, or even in your case, if you've already have some type of small established business, you know, your current clientele, you know, you can prospect to them, call them, see how they're doing, see how you can help them in, in other ways besides just saying, hey, can I still help you in, in the current business that I helped you and see how you can help them in other businesses? How can you refer them to other businesses? Another one that we love to do is past clients. Past clients are going to be your biggest supporters, yes. you know, making sure I know that th- some of the ways that we've done it, um, we have called at least once, twice a year. We also, before the pandemic, uh, we used to have client appreciation parties. Um, we also have done mailers once a quarter to our past clients, staying oh, in the little front menu of them. ones, right? Or the recipe cards. The recipe cards. Yes, that was great. Just staying in front of them. Um, because the way that we, I like to put it is, you know, when you bought your, your car five years ago or two years ago, do you really remember that salesperson? Not really. And I really hate to tell you guys, but you're really not that special. So if you don't stay in front of them, somebody is going to stay in front of them. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't mind, Dre, I remember I was talking to another financial professional who was like, was doing this, was doing marketing with their past customers. And, you know, she told me, oh, I do videos like once a week or once a month or something. I'm like, great. And she's like, I'm just not getting the traction. And I said, well, what, what are your videos about? And she said, well, I, I talk about paying points and rate lock. And I said, let me ask oh, you something. If you're a yeah. customer 
you just refinanced at 2.875. Do you need to refinance again? <laughs> no. So why are they going to listen to you? So instead, yeah. I said, that's where, think of those other ways to continue to add value. Like, do you have a will? How to yeah. get your taxes assessed on your property? Those are all things that save people money. Yeah. Protect their family. Think of value you can offer that's related to your service or product that you can talk to them about. Yeah, that's a good one. Outward facing things. Um, you know, like you said, they just bought your product or they've already bought in your your service. They don't need that anymore. Ask them how else you could help them. Um, some other one of my favorites and that we introduced really early on when we got coaching, and I don't know why I didn't think about it earlier, is just asking for the business. Yes. It's such a it makes such a huge difference in your business. Once you start doing it and you start getting referrals because somebody calls in and says, "Oh, hey, Joe, so and so referred me." It, it's amazing what it does. You know what you put out into the universe definitely does come back and the amount of times that I've asked for business and then it just comes back is incredible because you start to plant that seed in people's head. You know, saying, hey, you know, if you know of anybody who I could help or who could use my service, I'd just love an introduction or a referral. And at the end of the day, you are a salesperson. So if you're not asking for that business, somebody is, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on TV, whether it's, you know, somebody else introducing them to somebody in your service. You know, so if you're not asking for that business, somebody else is going to get it. That that one's a big one for me. You know, when you said that, it's so interesting because I didn't do it at first after our coach told us, mm -hmm. and I will never forget the, if for any real estate agents listening, you're probably thinking, yeah, how many times has your lender referred someone to you? Right. Um, it could be, and this could be to anyone, like you usually receive referrals. Well, in our world, lenders get referrals from agents. Well, this agent asked me, we went out to lunch and we were sitting there talking and this person sent me business for years. And I remember her looking at me and saying, I said, you know, what's your goals this year? What can I do to help? And she looked at me and said, you know, I would really love it if the next person that isn't working with someone, if you could refer them to me <laughs> because I'm trying to do X amount more in sales. Yeah. I still remember it. And here Absolutely. it is seven years later. And I did. I referred her the next buyer Absolutely. that came through. It's gosh, it's, it's top so of, true. It's top of mind awareness. Uh, I, I, I explained that to, to my team with title companies, you know, like, the title company that's staying in front of us, we're sending business to. And I'll be honest, it it changes. Like mm. sometimes we're using this company a little more. Sometimes we're using that title company a little more. And it's just because that that particular title company is, you know, sending us emails saying hello or they're stopping by our office or, you know, they're they're liking our social media page. And so um, staying top of mind is definitely um, and asking for that business. And then the last one is new relationships, right? So in our industry, yes, we can go after real estate agents, which is the big one, but what else in your specific service industry, what, what other, um, businesses can you get business from? So for us, it's CPAs, divorce attorneys. Um, another example would be, you know, if you're, uh, a DJ, right? So a DJ can, can go to many different people. So the people who do wedding cakes and flowers and um, and all those kinds of things. So depending on your industry, make sure to think outside of the box of who else you can refer to and who else can refer to you. And one of the ones that I had to do when I started, because my family sold real estate, for example, and so a lot of agents didn't want to refer to me. Like mm, they did not yeah. trust that I wasn't going to turn around. So I had to get really creative and one that a lot of people don't think about. And I think this deserves its whole a whole episode of its own 
is somebody who does what you do. So other financial uh, experts, because yes. you use the example yes. of a DJ. Well, not every DJ wants to do weddings. Yeah. Not yeah, every DJ a, wants to do bar mitzvahs. Yes. Not every loan officer does renovation loans and this type of loan. So I right. started going to local banks. That's a good one. And saying, hey, I only do mortgages. If you want to keep the customer, I'd love to help them. And it paid dividends for me. Yeah, that's definitely a big one, especially if they, they can trust you and they can refer you and they know that you're not stealing their clients. That's a huge value add. Yeah. But making sure that you are prospecting because that's the only way that your business is going to grow if you've got prospects coming in the door. So even if you set 30 minutes aside a day or an hour aside a day to make sure that you are prospecting for those new clients, um, you know, as they say, build it and they will come. Mm -hmm. So prospect away and everybody sells, especially you ladies out there. I know women, especially that I've talked to, they don't like to think <laughs> they sell, but we all sell. It can still be assisting and helping and we can be doing it in something we believe in, but we all have to sell. Yep. So the next one is one of my favorites. It's our finance. Mm, spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my accounting days. So finances um, it was an area that, gosh, here this year in 2020, we even got better at. Way better. And it was because we got some assistance and so finances, the things you can do with your finances, I'm going to list off here without digging too deep into them. Um, but one of the things we have that is an issue in a lot of businesses is having your finances uh, upkept or I don't even know how, how I'm up, saying that. Keep up, kept up, kept up, kept up, kept up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, if you have a business, your bank that you do your business with they or you apply for a loan they want your financials your most recent financials from the prior month and i guarantee you if somebody asked you right now for you know december 31st you might not have them you might not have them mm -hmm. and so making sure that you are finding a financial or an accountant who can help keep you up to date and i know don't want anybody touching your finances. I know you you can't even imagine anyone doing it but you. Um, and I do agree. I have ha been in situations where things happened that should not have happened. So I agree to have protections in place. But Andre and I do not do our finances. Mm -hmm. But we have we do have protection in place. We decided that, you know, X does X and Y does Y to make sure that X and Y balance. And so every month on the 15th, our leadership team meets and our uh, income statement, our balance sheet, all that stuff is done for the month that just ended 15 days prior. I never thought we'd be at this point where we could sit down in a monthly meeting and look at our financial statement. And that's where you want to make sure, are we making a profit? You want to go through the different line items quickly with your leadership team and look and see if normally, I don't know, let's say office expenses are $1,000 a month, if all of a sudden they're four or $5,000 a month, you want to highlight that, flag it. Why was that like that? You know, that's how you can catch things that aren't right or if there's a mistake. Um, and, you know, and it, it's just staying on top of those things to get better. Um, you know, the second one, so I just said go through your financials, pick one area to audit each month. So in our financial business, our biggest expenses, as an example, are we pull credit reports. And our credit report bills this year, 
have varied anywhere from four to five thousand to ten, eleven thousand mm-hmm. a month. And so we started exploring and we had already picked, we had two places. We figured out one was cheaper than the other one, offered the same service. We found another place that's going to help us save more money. And I just redid our um, health insurance and we're going to save $50,000 by educating ourselves on the options that we can offer. 50,000 possibly. I think that's, they need to hear that again. You need 50,000. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Audit one thing because it could save you 50,000. You know, even uh, our accountant was looking over something and it was something as small as like $12 a month. We just c- kept getting hit with it, you know, and I mean, $12 plus another $12 item plus another like that adds up into money that could be going into your company or into your pocket. So make sure that you are picking uh, we were even going to do a challenge at some point where you start trimming the fat, but yeah, you know, you can definitely save money that could be in your pocket or your company's pocket. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming for us because like, for example, we've learned lessons on, you know, not giving everybody a company card because we did that before and not saying we don't trust people, but then you have all these people with cards. And what I found was that at one point, there was like subscriptions to like four or five things that they forgot about and you end up wasting money. So just, you know, making rules, making, you know, setting a limit. That's what we did. We put like a thousand dollar max limit yeah. on the credit card for the office managers, for example. So just little things like that, but audit a different area. And then the um, one of the last two here is uh, you need to figure out the cost of getting your product out the door. It's a big one. That that was that was a game changer. That for was a us. Ga- that, that was a game changer. I love that word, game changer for mm-hmm. sure. And because if you- so many people operate based off of what's coming in your account and then what's in your bank account, they don't they don't really realize. Well, I sold a hundred products and ninety of them I made zero profit off of because only ten of them I really made profit off of. You know, so they worked so hard for those ninety other products when. They would have just focused on, you know, more of the other, they would have made revenue. Yeah. And it's not one we're going to dig too much into because it's complex, (laughs) but you know, we've had shows where we've talked to some professionals that you could reach out to. Um, You could always email us here at hello at the collab and we could direct you, direct you to some professionals. Like you have to get a grip on this. You have to, have to, have to get a grip on the cost of your product out the door Um, and the last one is, excuse me, full disclosure with your team. And by that, I mean, I think as business owners, we, sometimes we get secretive about financial Mm -hmm. things, kind of like with our kids, like you don't want to talk about (laughs) what you make or, you know, but let me tell you, it is so important. And there's so much buy-in when people on your team understand what, like how they play a part in what happens in the, in the, not just the expenses. Like usually if you don't disclose things, you don't have full disclosure, your people are going to think you're rolling in the dough, mm-hmm. have all this money. Mm-hmm. And we know as business owners, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, the average business owner b- brings home, I think the average, I always do this wrong, average in the median. The average is like 75 or 80,000. The median is in the 30s. It means we're not making the money we should be making. And we were in that boat. Oh, yeah. So 
you got to get some help around that. And you need full disclosure because now we have all our whole leadership team and our whole company. We talk to them. Yep. We, this is what we need to do. This is how we can keep everybody on. This is how we can increase bonuses. You know, and so just starting to move towards having them understand, showing them this yeah. is how much we spend every month in payroll taxes. And I really think full disclosure for us was an absolute game changer, especially this year when we, you know, that one month where we said, hey, guys, we're really below what we should be making. And we opened up the books to everybody and we said, hey, we should really be here. And just a few months later, we're way over there. Like we're, we, yeah, we sold the same amount, but yeah. made like 60,000 more. more. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we talk about. Full disclosure, letting everybody know where you're at, because if you don't let people know where you're at, then all they think is that you're just rolling in the dough or that you're trying to make more money, but they don't understand it. So when, when you show them, then they start to understand. And the other thing that you do is you give people opportunity to learn how to run a business, how to manage a business, right? So it makes your employees and your team members smarter, better for your company. Um, and like Megan said, then they start to understand, um, you know, they start to buy into why we should be cutting costs, why we should be careful on how many times we pull credit and stuff like that. Again, every business is going to be different, but when you open that up to all of your teammates, it really just makes it much, you know, a, a much different conversation instead of, um, you saying, we got to get more sales in the door. We got to get more sales in the door. Well, why? Right. And so when you do the full disclosure, then they understand why you've got to do what you have to do. And it's a trust thing too, which I think is oh, perfect yeah. for leading into the last category. And like your, your people like start understanding that you trust them. And so it really starts improving your relationships all around. Relationships with your employees. So that to me is one that's very important. Um, it kind of goes back to that full disclosure, always being open and honest with them, always telling them what you need, making sure that this goes back way back to making sure that you have the the proper training for them, the proper hiring for them. Um, I have a huge open door policy. Um, I know that we we do as a company that's important uh, relationships with your business to business partners, um, your vendors and your community. Yeah. And this this relationship area, right? I, like, so B2B relationships and community, because, you know, we had one of those sections we didn't talk about today is customer service. We have client appreciation events, relationships. Okay. Do you have a event for your, the people who refer to you, the other businesses in your community, the nonprofits that you work with, um, you know, that relationships and your employees, I remember we had an event once where we had all our employees' parents come in and their kids. Like mm -hmm. it's it's building a relationship and investing in people. Yeah. And for our employees, we've had a, a team building event last year, which was, you know, just uh and also this year, uh, because of the pandemic, everybody's on a webcam. And I really think that that has helped making sure that everybody is on the same meeting because mm. we were across so many locations and now we're more of that one team. It really has and helped. It, it's huge. Um, and then also for our industry relationships with our vendors, I tell our team members to make sure that they're picking up the phone and that they're, you know, they know that person on the other side of the phone. They know who they are. That way, if they need something, they can call and pick up the phone and just be like, hey, Megan, it's Andre here from Keystone. And they're like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, instead of you picking up the phone when you need something in a rush and they're like, well, who are you? You know, you can do that with your employees. You can do that with your vendors, with your business to business people. 
um, you know, with your community, with your past clients. Again, you want you want to build relationships because at the end of the day, that's how you build a business is through relationships. Um, and not just in the aspect of those that you sell product and service to, but again, the community, your team members, those around you um, and stuff like that. Yeah. I actually listened to a podcast today when I was driving and it, I loved how it was on networking. And the the woman who was being interviewed said, you know, I think a lot of times we look at people as one dimensional, like what mm. we know we're going to that person for. Right? right. And people have so many layers to them. And if you just look at them as one dimensional and you only go to them for that, you will never have a yep. relationship. You have to you have to learn about all their layers. Yeah, absolutely. And so those are the four areas that we wanted to share with you today. And, you know. Like I said, I want to challenge all of you now, if you didn't do it before, when this episode's over, please go grab your notebook, go grab, you know, the recommendation is you do a notebook for each area. But if your business is young, you could have one, like a five subject and (laughs) do one, you know, an area for each subject. That would be a great start. A five subject, you do just start with five areas and write down your wish list and pick one from each of those five areas to do a day where you start focusing on improving one aspect of each of those five areas. Go back to that busy bee blueprint, you know, and this, this is the stuff. This is working on your business, not in your business. This is what's going to propel you forward. This Mm -hmm. is what's going to make you want to bring in more people. This is what's going to grow your business. So before we started releasing more podcasts on digging into each of these topics, we just wanted to share with you how to identify and to focus on these areas that we think will start helping you because I know how much everyone wants to have an amazing 2021. Well, collaborators, I think that comes to an end for today's episode. And thanks for joining us. We are just so honored to have you spend time with us here today and on our next and upcoming episodes. We'd love to get feedback. And, you know, if you enjoyed this episode, if it added value and is helping you, please, please leave a review. Give us some feedback. Email us. Tell us what you want to hear, what you need more of, because like we've always said, we all need to collaborate. We're in this together. Let's go kick 2021's ass. And you know, keep growing our businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today, collaborators. If you found value or got some piece of information out of this, make sure to find us at thecollablife.com. You can also join our Facebook group and our Facebook page at The Collab. On YouTube, you can find us at The Collab. On Instagram, you can find us at The Collab Life. We also do a Facebook Live every Tuesday at 4 o'clock where you can get some more valuable information in our group. We also release our brand new episodes every single Tuesday morning. And if you have any questions or there's anything that we can do for you, any value that you would like to add to our business, we'd love to hear from you. And you can email us at hello at thecollablife.com. 